glorify you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for manifesting your presence on this Wednesday night. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't know where I would be without the presence of Almighty God. It's in atmospheres like this tonight that we are reminded that there is nothing in this world that can compare to being in the presence of Almighty God. If you're thankful that you're in his house, that you're in his presence, once again, can you lift up your hands towards heaven? And can somebody just let the Lord know how grateful you are to be in his house tonight. Jesus, we praise you. We appreciate, oh God, the privilege that we have to be in your house, to be in your presence, to worship you, Lord, to feel your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord, amen. And you're thankful to be here with your brothers and sisters in Christ, why don't you turn somebody around you? Let them know how glad you, you are to see them on a Wednesday night. To all of our guests that have joined with us tonight, thank you for being here. To those that are watching online, thank you for connecting with Heaven View United Pentecostal Church. Can we give all of our guests a wonderful hand clap? Amen. Praise God. I want to direct your attention to the book of Hebrews chapter 3. I'll be reading from verses 7 through 13 and then skipping down to chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 7 through 13, and then chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And while you are locating that in your Bibles, just want to say how much I appreciate your pastor and his wife. Amen. I appreciate their sensitivity to the Holy Ghost and following the leading of the Spirit, allowing us to be here tonight. Amen. And I'm just believing that God is going to honor, amen, the wisdom of your pastor, the vision of your pastor, and the direction that your pastor felt led for this Wednesday night service. Amen. If, if you're believing that God's going to do great things here tonight, can you shout amen? amen? Praise God. I just want to commend this church on Monday when I stepped into this house and heard the roar of prayer. I was just so, I was just amazed. I was just amazed by the families that were here, the people that were calling out to God. And I believe that the Lord is hearing and he is going to answer your prayers. Amen. If you were able to be here on Monday, I know everybody's not able to be here on Monday night prayer, but if you were able to be here, amen, how many of you know that you were blessed just by being here on Monday night prayer? Can somebody shout amen? amen. Praise God. Every time we get together with God's people, no matter what the venue is, it's always a good time. Amen. And tonight is a good time to be together with God's people. Can you shout amen? amen? Hebrews chapter 3, I don't want to keep you long. I just want to give space for God's grace to work. Amen. I was already, uh, uh, somebody already mentioned to me here tonight that there's a possibility that we're going to have one baptized in Jesus' name. And I'm praying that we'll have more than one baptized. I believe that on a Wednesday night, God can fill somebody with his spirit. I believe that somebody can receive a miracle on a Wednesday night. I believe that somebody can be healed on a Wednesday night. Okay, somebody shout hallelujah. So we're excited about the one and others, amen, who 
would be baptized in Jesus' name. We're just asking the Lord to do it. Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 7. If you have it in your Bible, can you shout, I've got it. If you can see it on the screen, can you shout, I can see. <laughs> Which is the majority of us. Thank God for sight and thank God for the media team. Amen. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, can somebody say today? Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil heart, an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Can somebody shout today? today. Encourage one another on a daily basis while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Let us be careful. Lest a promise, can somebody say a promise? Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Amen. I don't believe that's the will of God. I don't believe that was, that's what the Lord wants to happen here tonight. I don't believe that he wants us to come up short tonight. But I believe that if we will have faith in what God has for us on a Wednesday night, that somebody can step into their promise. So I just simply come to encourage somebody don't miss out on your promise. Turn somebody tell them, don't miss out on your promise. Don't miss out on what God has promised you. Don't miss out on all that God has promised you. Don't miss out on the rest of what God has promised you. Can somebody shout amen? amen. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us tonight, saying today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't miss out on what God has has for you. Can you once one more time place your hands together? Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice one more time with praise. Let's ask the Lord to have us where the remainder of this service in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. I wonder if we can just do one thing here tonight before I get into my message. I, tonight is the anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it's easy for us to forget about what's going on in other parts of the world, especially when it's not on our shores. Our, our president just went to Ukraine um, this Sunday to keep the thoughts of the American people focus on what is happening in our world. 
I believe that what we are experiencing is letting us know that we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. The Bible talks about Ezekiel. The prophet talked about Gog and Magog, the chief prince of Meshach. And many scholars believe that that word uh, prince translated in Aramaic or Hebrew is Rosh, from which we get the word Russia from. And so we are seeing prophecy being fulfilled in our day and age. Just last month at the minister's conference in Alexandria, Louisiana, because of the times, as the keynote message was being preached by Brother Anthony Mangan, he was able to get the pastor from Kiev, Ukraine, to come to America. That pastor is just a young man, him and his wife. He's having to serve in the military. He was able to get permission from the Ukrainian military and from the, the government there to allow this pastor to come to America. And there in that service, we saw a man and his wife who through his own testimony said that they saw rockets destroy the homes next to them, but God protected their house. Their house is still standing. He said one of the churches in Odessa, the, the, the apostolic church, the United Pentecostal Church is still standing. He said a bomb came and destroyed the church behind them, but the United Pentecostal Church still stands. God is giving mighty revival in the midst of a Russian invasion. And I believe, amen, we have people who are in Ukraine and we have God's people who are in Russia. One of my teachers, um, I mentioned to the uh, married class on Saturday night, uh, a statement that one of my Bible school instructors mentioned. Well, my Bible school instructor, his wife is from Russia. His mother-in-law was from Russia. And uh, there are many precious saints of God, apostolic believers that are in Russia as well as in Ukraine. And I just felt a sense here tonight while we were praising and worshiping the Lord to just ask if we can just lift up our hands and ask the Lord to keep his hand of protection upon his people in Ukraine and in Russia and that somehow this war will come to an end. Can you lift up your hands and can you pray right now in the name of the Lord Jesus? We're asking, oh Lord God, on this anniversary of this Russian invasion, oh God, this uncalled invasion, oh Lord Jesus, into Ukraine, that you have mercy upon your people, those who've been baptized in your name and filled with your spirit, both in Ukraine and also in Russia, that you will have mercy upon your people. But we pray for all the people of Ukraine, dear God, those who have lost loved ones, those who've lost their parents, their childless, those who have been displaced through this war, dear God, the atrocities that have happened, we're asking for mercy. We're praying, dear God, that if it be your will that this war will come to an end, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will not fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Can somebody shout in Jesus' name? I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us here tonight. Amen. Letting us know that God does not want us to miss out on what he has for us. If you are a guest here tonight, we believe that you are here ordained of God. Amen. It's more than just a friend or family member or coworker or classmate that invited you, but we believe that you are here because God has something for you. We don't believe that the Lord wants you to leave here empty-handed, but he wants to do something in your life here tonight. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Amen. I know you've been working. I know you've had school. I know you've had to deal with life, but can I tell somebody that God does not take a Wednesday off? He's not just a Sunday, God, amen, but he's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, amen, Thursday, Friday, and a, he's an on-time God. He's an everyday God. Does anybody believe that? Can you shout hallelujah? 
here in the verses of Scripture that we read, specifically here in verses 7 through 11, the writer of Hebrews quotes verbatim from Psalms chapter 95, verses 7 through 11. There in the psalm, the psalmist recalls how early in Israel's history they missed out on what God had for them because of their unbelief. This is the period in which Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they failed to trust God and enter into their promised land. We read about their rebellion in Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. We don't have the time to read those two chapters here tonight, but if you would take the time on your own to read that, you will find out that the Bible tells us that the Lord instructed Moses to send out 12 spies into the promised land, each from the 12 tribes of Israel. They were to go into the land in which God had promised them to check it out, to take inventory, to spy out the land, and then bring word to Moses and to God's people. But the Bible says that after 40 days, they returned with the report that the land was indeed a land that flows with milk and honey. There were plenty of cows over there, plenty of bees. There was a land flowing with provision. They even had freshly ripe clusters of grapes to prove how productive the land was. This was some, town, some time in July that they entered into Canaan land and they saw, amen, everything that was described to them by the Lord through Moses that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. They even showed to the people, look at the grapes that we have gathered, that we have, amen, brought with us. It seemed like they were ready to convince God's people that the time was right to enter into what God had promised them. Unfortunately, 10 of them decided to bring up a negative evil report. They told Moses, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Even scarier, we saw the giants there. They had somehow got everybody's hopes up high that it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a place that's good to live. Uh, look at these grapes. Can you imagine, amen, the, 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 the provision and the prosperity of the land? However, we're not able to come up against this land is a strong land. It has fortified cities, and there are giants over there. They even said, we're nothing but grasshoppers in their sights. But the Bible says that Caleb and Joshua, the two other spies, tried to speak faith and encourage the people to trust and believe God. But it was too late. The negativity was more convincing than their positivity. Spoken words of unbelief were more contagious than words of faith. The people ended up missing out on their moment and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. That generation's, ladies and gentlemen, that generation that saw God perform mighty miracles to deliver them out of Egypt failed to exit the wilderness because of their unbelief. It took another generation believing God's word before they ever stepped foot in the promised land. They were right there on the precipice of their promise. But instead, they had to wander for 40 years. And that generation that brought up an evil report, that generation that spoke doubt, that generation that allowed unbelief to somehow captivate them and to somehow place everybody else in bondage, they all died 
but another generation stepped into the promise believing in what God has spoken to them. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, they have saw all these impressive miracles. They saw, amen, the Lord bring locusts and they saw the Lord, amen, cause there to be death and protect them even though those in Egypt suffered tremendous loss. They saw all of these mighty miracles. They were led out, amen, by a pillar of fire in the cloud by day. They saw the Lord part the Red Sea, but that was not enough for them to step into their promise. Amen. God forbid that that should be our story. God forbid that that should be our testimony here tonight. It is not the will of God, amen, that we should experience a good time on Sunday, but miss God's will on Wednesday. It's not the will of God for us to miss out for what the Lord desires for us to receive in our 2023. Does anybody want to receive all that God has for you? If you want to receive it, can somebody shout hallelujah? Amen. The Lord is speaking to us tonight. He's saying today, tonight, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The Lord was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. Can somebody say heart? And they have not known my ways. The issue of unbelief that led them to reject God's word and refuse to enter into what he had promised them started in the heart. It was a heart issue. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to us here tonight to not harden our hearts when we hear his voice. Don't miss out what God has for you tonight. Amen. Don't miss out just because, amen, it's not a Sunday. Don't miss out just because you're weary from work. Don't miss out just because, amen, you have a lot of things that you've got to get done before this week is over. Don't miss out on what the Lord has for you here tonight. In the study Bible that bears his name, Dr. David Jeremiah commented on this point that every time the Spirit of God speaks to someone and they refuse to respond, their hearts harden. If that is true, if every time the Spirit speaks to someone and they refuse to respond, if every time that happens their hearts harden, then the opposite can be true. That every time you respond to what the Spirit of God is speaking. Your heart can become tender toward God. I said if the Spirit of God begins to speak and you hear his voice, you hear, amen, his word, you, you feel that gentle nudge, that gentle impression upon your heart. If you can respond to that, amen, no matter how big or small, if you can just respond by faith, then your heart can become soft and tender towards God. Amen. If the opposite is true, if rejecting, amen, and refusing to respond hardens your heart, then ladies and gentlemen, surely then responding to the voice of the Lord, responding to his word will cause you, amen, to become open to what God has for you. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Amen. I come to tell somebody, amen, I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care what has happened in your past. I don't care how many times you've missed in your past. I don't care how hard your heart is. The word of the Lord says uh, that his word is like a hammer that breaks uh, the rock uh, in pieces. Uh, if somebody can just hear one more time uh, what the spirit of God is saying, uh, then the Lord can somehow begin to soften your heart. Uh, the Lord can take away that stony heart uh, and give you a tender heart. The Lord uh, can do that tonight. Can somebody shout hallelujah? This is how you become sensitive to God.
This is how you receive what God has promised you. This is how you learn the ways of God. Can I tell somebody here tonight that the Lord doesn't just want to bless you? I mean, he does want to bless you. Turn somebody, tell them the Lord wants you to be blessed. I said the Lord wants you to be blessed. But he doesn't just want to bless you. He doesn't just want you to receive what he has promised you. He doesn't just want you to receive your healing, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, but he wants you to know him. I said he wants you to know his ways. Can I remind us here tonight that it's the will of God, amen, that we have a personal relationship with the Lord. The Bible says that when it's all said and done, he's not going to say because you look good on Sunday, because you knew how to quote scripture, because you knew how to pray X, Y, Z. It's not going to be because you were faithful to the house. He's going to say, amen, well done, thou good and faithful servant, amen. And those who did not have that kind of report, he's going to hear, they're going to hear him say, amen, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Iniquity, I never knew you. That word knew in the Greek, amen, means to have a personal, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord, to have a close relationship with the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough for us just to go through the religious motions, but we got to know him. We have to have a close, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Does anybody believe that? Can you lift up your voice? Can you clap your hands? Can you lift up your hands? Can somebody tell the Lord, I want to know you, Jesus. The Lord wants us to know him. He wants us to know his ways. God's ways include, out of everything, there are three particular things that God's ways includes. The first is deliverance. Can somebody say deliverance? God's ways includes deliverance. The second is development. Can somebody say development? And the third is destiny. Can somebody say destiny? The Lord delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage. Amen. He let them dry shod over the Red Sea Th through miraculous provision. They were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, but he allowed them to go through the wilderness in order to develop them and prepare them for their destiny. To enter into their promise, they thought that the Lord had brought them to the wilderness for them to die there, but that was not why the Lord had left them there. He was preparing them. He was developing them. He was getting ready, amen, to cause them to enter into their promise. They were about to step into their destiny. That's the whole reason why they were in the wilderness because, amen, God's ways not only include deliverance, but it also includes development as well as destiny. Their destiny was the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, but they failed to recognize the ways of God and that God had a plan to develop them. Can I tell somebody here tonight that when you experience the new birth, when you experience salvation, when you come, amen, to a place where you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior, when you come to the, an altar of repentance and you ask God to forgive you, when you, amen, follow up that repentance by being water baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Can I tell somebody here tonight, can I tell, amen, the, the individual that's going to be baptized here tonight, that when you are baptized, it's more than just getting wet, amen, it's more than joining some church, it's, more, it's not about joining a church, amen, it's more than that, but when you are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that he Amen. That, that represents the blood that he shed, the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross uh, is activated in your life and it cleanses and it washes away everything that you've ever done in your past. Oh, praise God. When you're baptized in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus, 
Amen. His name is placed in your life, uh, but that faith leads you to an altar of repentance. It leads you, amen, to being baptized in water in Jesus' name. It leads you to receiving the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Uh, can I tell somebody here tonight, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost even before you're baptized in water in Jesus' name. If you believe, uh, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say amen? amen. I never forget on Wednesday night. I had come back from Bible school and was there in Memphis at my home church. And uh, uh, Wednesday nights were, were one, uh, you know, with the air blowing just right in the summertime and the hum of the air conditioning. I mean, my pastor, he was a camp meeting preacher. He was a conference preacher. He preached all in the major. He preached all over the world. He was a uh, well-known speaker. But on Wednesday nights, he just had this way. He always started off slow. And with his voice, if you felt that air blowing on you and the hum of the air AC, I mean, you just, it, doesn't, it didn't matter how anointed he was, you were just going to fall asleep. But he has such a big, booming voice, and I think that he got joy out of it, making people fall asleep, and then he'll go, boom, and he'll start preaching. Next thing you know, it's like a Sunday night church. But I'll never forget on a Wednesday night. Amen. The Spirit of God began to move just like tonight, just a beautiful presence of the Lord that is here, is there on that Wednesday night as well. And I'll never forget, amen, people came to the altar. Nobody, it just happened. And people were in the altar. And I came down to the altar, amen, just, just uh, you know, uh, in between Bible school, in between my, 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 my years there in Bible school. And I was in that altar seeking God for direction. Next thing you know, I heard people shouting, praising God. I felt somebody kicking me. And I thought, you know, it's kind of rude. You know, I mean, here's a guy trying to seek God for direction. You're just going to kick him like that? I mean, man, how rude can you be? Like, I mean, I wanted to just open my eyes and be like, just get away, you know. But I just kept on praying, and they just kept on kicking me. Next thing you know, when I finally did open up my eyes, I see this guy kicking, dancing, and shouting. He didn't know what to do. He was just boogalooing. Well, what was happening is that God was filling him with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, he was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. His parents, his family owns property, a lot of property in northern Mississippi. But he was friend with the guy in our youth group. Now, this guy in our youth group, Brandon McNutt, he's going on to be with the Lord. Brandon was not the most spiritual guy, but one of the greatest things he ever did was remain in the house of God, remain connected to the people of God. And he had his friend, and he brought his friend to church on that Wednesday night. His friend had gone off to Paris. His parents sent him over to Paris to culinary school, but he blew it all on drugs and alcohol. He had a, a void in his heart that money could not afford him. Even though he was connected to great wealth, money was not enough for him. Amen. He found himself addicted, but he had a friend that knew something about the presence of God. He had a friend that knew the answer. He had a friend that knew that God had a promise for him, no matter, amen, what his life was, no matter what his lifestyle choices were. And on that Wednesday night when that individual couldn't take any more of life and take any more of, of the alcohol and the drugs, he came to that service on the Wednesday night and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. He went on, amen, to start our homeless ministry in, in Memphis, Tennessee, what we call our downtown church. And it was great to see the homeless and the millionaires sitting next to each other in church. <laughs> that was great when, when this individual started bringing people in, amen. And now he is one of the pastors in the church that my father attends in Memphis, Tennessee, serving God, a licensed minister with the, with the United Pentecostal Church. But it was on a Wednesday night 
that God did something in his life. He did not miss out on what God had for him. Can I tell somebody that when you experience a new birth, when you are baptized in Jesus' name and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are in the deliverance stage. Can somebody say deliverance? But the next stage is development. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord will allow you to come as you are. If you will have faith in him, you don't have to be perfect to experience salvation. You don't have to get holy enough. Matter of fact, you cannot get holy enough. We all fall short of the glory of God. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Can I tell somebody, you're not holy without the Holy Spirit. You've got to receive the Holy Spirit to be holy. But after you have been born again, God loves you too much to leave you the same way that you are. I said God loves you too much uh, to leave you in the deliverance stage, uh, but he wants to de develop you, uh, amen. After you have been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit, uh, amen, you are to continue to follow him, uh, to grow and develop in your relationship with him, uh, amen. Uh, can I tell somebody God wants to do great things in your life? Uh, he doesn't just want to forgive you of your past. Uh, he doesn't just want you to take on his name in baptism. Uh, he doesn't just want to fill you with his spirit, uh, but he wants to give you power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you he wants to use your talents and your abilities and he wants to give you giftings he wants to do something great in your life does anybody believe that can somebody clap your hands and can you shout amen Oh, the reason why we are here on a Wednesday night is not only to see somebody else experience del deliverance, uh, but so that God can develop something in us. Uh, can I tell somebody in this place that the, in this last day revival, the Lord needs all hands on deck. Uh, amen. He's calling. If anybody can hear what the Spirit is saying today, uh, right now, amen, in your presence, uh, like I felt in the Holy Ghost on Sunday, let me just say it again. Your greatest revival is not in the past. Uh, it's not in the future. It's right now in the present somebody needs to understand that God is developing something on the inside of you so that he can use you. Woo, praise God. I don't care what the enemy has tried to do to stop you. Can I tell somebody if you just keep on allowing God to work in you, he will do something through you that will bring deliverance to other people. If you believe that, can somebody stand to your feet? Can somebody put your hands together and can you glorify the name of Jesus right now? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn somebody and tell them he's still working on me. Turn somebody else and tell them he's still working on you too. God bless you. you may be seated. Amen. It's not just the deliverance stage, but the de development stage that the Lord uh, wants us to develop that relationship with him. Can I tell somebody that it's only after you've gone through the development stage that you ultimately reach your destiny? I said it's only after you've gone through that development stage that you can ultimately reach your destiny. But can I tell somebody that you cannot skip the development stage and automatically step into your God-given destiny? Can I remind all of us here tonight that we're not going over there, amen, just yet. Uh, but until the trumpet sounds, God is still working on us, uh, and we're not going to make it over there, amen, unless we go through that development stage as well as the deliverance stage. It's not enough uh, to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's not enough uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But we got to keep on allowing the Spirit of God uh, to mature us and develop his fruit in us uh, and to do what he desires to do uh, in us. And can I tell somebody here tonight that the only way to truly develop is by faith in God and obedience to his word. You must trust him and follow him. 
You must believe in his word and do what he instructs you to do. The writer of Hebrews said that the children of Israel missed out in the wilderness because the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I come and tell somebody here tonight that you've got to put faith in the mix. Amen. Turn somebody and tell them you've got to put faith in the mix. And you've got to keep faith in the mix. Turn somebody else and tell them keep faith in the mix. If you want to receive what God has promised you, if you want to receive all that God has promised you, you've got to have faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Can I remind somebody here tonight that pleasing God requires faith? I said pleasing God requires faith. Thank God for those who are faithful. But I learned a long time ago you can be faithful without faith. You can go through the motions. Amen. You can just show up. There are people that punch the clock. They, don't, they can't stand the job, but they want the check. And they're going to be there because they want the, mo the, the, the money. They want the, my Lord, I, I'm going to be careful here tonight. Amen. There are those, that, you know, they want to go to heaven. I want to make sure I go to heaven. So they're going to make sure they're in church every time the doors are open. But whenever somebody says God can heal on a Wednesday night, when somebody says God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, when somebody says God can give you your promise that you've been waiting on, that you've been praying about, it can happen tonight. That's where our, we have to check our faith. Because it's a whole lot easier to be faithful without having faith. But ladies and gentlemen, how many you know that faith is a part of faithfulness? Amen. You cannot please God without faith. Unbelief would not only displease God, but grieve him. Let me say it again. Unbelief will not only displease God, but grieve him. In his gospel account, Mark records that when Jesus came to his hometown, that he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. I say he marveled because of their unbelief. Their unbelief caused them to miss out on their miracle. Amen. I, I, I believe that I felt the Lord baffled at times. Amen. I, I feel that I have felt that at times. I'll never forget preaching somewhere between north, south, east, and west. <laughs> and, it, and in that service, the Lord spoke to me and said, don't step out in the gifts of the Spirit tonight. I'm not a prophet, neither son of a prophet, but I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And I'm not one of those that go call people out. Amen. Praise God. But I do believe that when the Spirit of God begins to move, there's no telling what he can do. He can use you just like he can use me. Praise God. But the Lord spoke to me that night, said, don't step out. Just, he said, the pastor at that particular church, that's, that's all he was wanting. And so, amen, I was just simply preaching the gospel. There was no response. There was no move. But people came down to the altar. And there was a lady who was there that night who had never been to a Pentecostal church. She had never been to a Pentecostal church. It was her first time in a Pentecostal church. Amen. I, I, if, I'm not, if I remember correctly, it was a Friday night, amen, that we had that service. And 
she came down to the altar where everybody else, amen, they have been taught to come down when they preach against the altar call, when we invite you to come pray just to come, and, and that church had been taught, and they had come, and, and, and thankfully, that was not our only service, amen, I, I, and I'm not the kind of evangelist, I'm not the kind of person that bashes people over the head, and so, amen, I, I wasn't there to bash anybody, to, to insult anybody, to, to make anybody feel, feel insignificant or, 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 or unworthy because they weren't responding. And, but that night, I'll never forget that dear and precious lady stepped into the altar who had never been to a Pentecostal church in her life. And when she stepped in the altar, the Holy Ghost said, now, amen, I want you to whisper in her ear. And I began to pray for her. I began to share things that the Lord showed me, things that nobody else knew. She fell on the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, she fell on the ground crying, seeking after God. And I'm happy to tell you that the Holy Ghost did a work in her life that night. When that happened, the pastor said, that's what we want right there, Brother Hagin. The Holy Ghost said, that, that's not what's going to happen. Praise God. I was preaching somewhere else between north, south, east, and west last year. Amen. I've never had this to happen to me before. Amen. But it happened to me last year. Amen. That the Lord spoke a name of an individual. He showed me a young lady coming to that service. He showed me the color of her hair. Amen. And he spoke her name to me. And that first night was a youth service. Amen. He spoke the name of this individual. I came, I, 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 I'm very cautious, I'm, I'm very careful, but I was looking around and I saw an individual that fit part of the description, but it was not who I saw in my mind. And so I, I didn't say anything that night. Well, the next night of that revival, there was a young lady that came into that Saturday night service. She looked just like the Lord had showed me in that vision the night before. Amen. And in that altar, she was down in the altar. Amen. And as we began to pray with people, all of a sudden I began to pray. And she told her pastor, she said, did you tell that preacher about me? Because he began to say things about me that nobody else knows. Not even my mom and dad. Nobody else knows about it. But God knows. I said, God knows. Oh, something has shifted right now in this place. Well, praise God. On a Wednesday night, God knows exactly where you are. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on that Sunday, that dear precious young lady was filled with the Holy Ghost. That Saturday, on that Sunday, she was baptized in Jesus' name. And when the pastor asked her name, her full name, she gave her name. It was a name that the Lord has spoken to me on that Friday night. I said, well, preacher, why are you sharing that with us? I'm telling somebody here tonight, amen, that if we would have faith, there is no telling what God can do in a service like tonight. I said, there is no telling what God, there is somebody, you've come into this place, and you might not be a member here, but I'm telling you right now that you can step into your promise. Uh, you don't have to be perfect to receive what God has for you. All you have to do is allow God to do what he desires. Can somebody lift up your hands? Uh, can somebody lift up your voice? Uh, and can somebody ask God to have his way? Mark tells us that Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. Can I tell somebody here tonight as I hasten to a close that if unbelief can cause you to miss out, then faith can cause you to receive what God has for you. I said if, faith, if unbelief can cause you to miss out, then faith can cause you to receive what God has for you. Jesus came to his hometown, amen, to Nazareth, to those that he grew up among, to those that watched him, grew up, they knew him, but they missed out. He was taken back by their unbelief. But in Matthew chapter 8, we read of how Jesus marveled because of the faith of a Roman soldier who did not know him. 
He was not Jewish. He did not know the law of God yet. He had heard about Jesus and he believed in him enough. Matter of fact, he believed in the authority of his word that he said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come underneath my roof, but just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard it, he was amazed. He marveled and said to those who follow, truly I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. I come to tell somebody here tonight, all you have to do is believe and you can receive a miracle. Unbelief can cause you to miss out, but faith can cause you to step into what God has for you. Can I say one more time here tonight, if you believe you can receive your miracle even on a Wednesday night, if you believe you can receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit even on a Wednesday night, if you believe you can receive what God has for you. If you believe that, can somebody stand to your feet? Can you clap your hands? And can somebody give God praise here tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remain standing with me all over this house. The writer of Hebrews tells us that the Exodus generation, the ones that came out of Egypt, they missed out on their promise because of unbelief. But the next generation entered in. And then the writer of Hebrews tells us that we should be careful that we don't miss out on what God has for us. The bad news for the Exodus generation is that they didn't have a second chance. But the good news for us here tonight is because of Calvary, we can enter into the rest that God has for us. Because of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we have more than a second chance to receive what God has promised us. Can I say it again? Because of the work that Jesus Christ did through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have more than a second chance. So I come to tell somebody, you might have missed it in times past. You might have missed out on what God had for you on Sunday. You might have missed out on what God had for you last month, last year. But the good news is, Amen. He's a God of a second chance and a third chance and a hundred chance and a thousand chance. Because of Calvary, you still have a chance. Turn somebody, tell them you still have a chance. You can enter into his rest. Amen. The writer of Hebrews talks about God's rest. What is his rest? It's the rest of what he has promised to those who love him, who fear him, who believe in him. It is the rest of what God has for you. If you believe, you can enter into his rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you want to receive what God has for you, Jesus said, come unto me, learn of me, and I will give you rest. Can I tell somebody here tonight that rest will lead you to receive the promised gift of the Holy Spirit. The prophet Isaiah saw in the spirit into the future that when a person receives the gift of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues, that you will find that this is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Can I tell somebody who feel like you don't have a promise? Amen. Somebody who's here tonight, you're like, what has God promised me? Amen. Can I tell you that the promised gift of the Holy Spirit is for you? That's your promise. 
the apostle Peter declared on the day of Pentecost, for the promise is unto you and to your children, to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you're here tonight wondering what has God promised me, if you are a guest here tonight, you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's your promise. Amen. I'm going to tell you, don't miss out on it. God has it for you here tonight. God wants to fill somebody with his spirit. Somebody say, well, preacher, why didn't you preach this on Sunday? God is sovereign. Amen. There was Holy Ghost fire. There was Holy Ghost rain here on Sunday. And the same God that's here on Sunday is here tonight. If you're here, you've never experienced forgiveness. Amen. The Bible says that we will confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But can I tell somebody here tonight that that's not all God has for you. It's not just forgiveness. It's not just being baptized in his name. We celebrate that. It's not just receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says, Beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. Can I tell somebody here tonight that God's got more in store for you? There are some things that accompany salvation. Amen. There are some miracles. There are some healings. There are some blessings. There are some anointings. There are some things that the Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There is an assurance. There is, amen, a hope that is an anchor to the soul. Amen. There are some better things for you. There are some things that accompany salvation. I don't know what God has promised you, but whatever God has promised you, he is able to bring it to pass for the Bible says that all the promises of God in Jesus Christ are yes and amen. I come to tell somebody all you have to do is believe that he has promised you and that he is also able to do it. I said he is able to do it. If anybody believe that, can you lift up your hands? Can somebody lift up your voice? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, I know you're tired tonight. And we're about to head home in just a moment. But I want in just, just a second, I wonder if we can leave this service by way of the altar. You know, the problem that we have in America is that we think that the supernatural is Hollywood. We think it's TikTok. We think it's Instagram. We think it's what people put out there on social media. And sometimes we think that we got to feel this warm, fuzzy feeling. Or we got to feel electricity for the miraculous to happen. But can I tell somebody that even when you don't feel him, as they sung it on Sunday, he's working. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Ha <laughs> ha. Ooh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My dear sister that has your hands raised, you just shouted out unto the Lord. Praise God. Amen. My sister from Michigan, that's originally from Michigan, from Brother Bruce Lehman's church, can you reach back? Tell me, that sister behind you, can you tell her to get that lady right there that's got her hands raised? Get her attention. Praise God. Amen. I want you to get her attention. My dear sister, Amen. Get her, get her attention. Amen. Get her attention. I, I know the Holy Ghost is all over her. Bring her up here to this altar. Bring her up here to this altar. Amen. God is working in her life. Praise God. I want you to come up here to this altar. 
Hallelujah. Amen. I was just waiting. I was just waiting for when it was going to happen. Because, hey, I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not the preacher, Brother Byfield. I'm not an orator. Amen. Nobody has, amen, that the Holy Ghost is working right now. Thank you for responding to the Lord. <laughs> yes, and God is going to fulfill his promise in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, if you have anything that you have need of of God, she's going to get the first fruits because of her response. It's based on faith. Praise God. But there is great faith in this house. The gift of faith is in operation. If you have anything that you need from God, if God has promised you anything that you have not yet received, but you're believing God, you're trusting God, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to step from your pew. I want you to come and lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 